Are you that DJ, producer, or music performer who still doesn't have their own website? Then let me suggest that you visit bandzoogle.com to start building your web presence now. And if you use the link in the show notes page, you'll get a 15% discount. So if you're a DJ without a website, you should hit up Bandzoogle yesterday and publish your great new site minutes. everybody and welcome to the passionate dj podcast i'm your host david michael my co-hosts today are the one and only tony decero what up and the mighty mo dingo what's up y'all and trip turlington couldn't make it today unfortunately he's uh, feeling a little under the weather again again still yeah it's funny because he was doing good for a while and then all of a sudden yeah. he, he tanked out like earlier this week and to the point where he what he went home from work and just, and he was he was trying to be such a trooper yeah. too. Like he he was like, uh, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there, guys. I'll be there, <laughs> buddy. Right, it's bro. fine. No, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't need what you got right now. So we miss you, you know. But uh, we're going to be talking about house parties today and uh, how they differ from the club gigs that we talk about or the the mobile gigs and mm-hmm. stuff, and why we like them, why we dislike them, and that that sort of stuff. Um, Real quick, though, I want to go over a couple of quick news updates. Uh, you know, if we sometimes they start adding up and then we have to do like a whole show dedicated to news updates. So <laughs> knock a couple of these out. Um, so you guys, are you familiar with Lander, the service? They're like a, an online mastering service. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Pat Flynn talks about using that because I like I said, I have my other show and he talks about running your your finalized product through them and it'll level gotcha. everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's like a basic online instant mastering surface, but yeah. they're they're actually moving into distribution, and so you can actually like upload your track to Lander, master it, and then distribute it to like oh, Spotify and okay. Beatport. Mm. It's like a host and, almost. Not not a host, but they they'll distribute it. Okay. So they'll they'll get it to the the end destination. So the the big news is they're they're doing it with Beatport. So this is actually a way that. DJ oh. producers can get their music on to Beatport without all the strict requirements there used to be for a label to be able to so do that. So kind of a mass mastering distribution yeah. service? Yeah, because they're kind of becoming an all, all-in-one all shop for that sort of thing. Mm. So I have a, a little news blurb here from Digital DJ Tips. It says, Lander, the online instant track mastering and song distribution service, has just announced that it added Beatport to its song distribution list. This means that you can now sell your productions on the world's biggest online store for dance music, apart from the usual streaming services and outlets like Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. Uh, This is important development for DJ producers because prior to this, getting your music over onto Beatport was difficult. There were stringent requirements. You needed to be part of a label, you needed to have your own label with a schedule of releases, or you needed to submit it to another like accredited aggregate site. So mm-hmm. that would be like uh, Ditto Music or something like that. Uh, this Lander development does away with those, and now you can be in the same uh, quote-unquote store shelf as the world's biggest electronic music producers. Hmm. So kind of an inter- interesting development there for you know, maybe if people wanted to get their stuff onto Beatport. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. There's a lot of stuff out there to begin with, but I think if you have that one track that no one ever heard of that's a great place to get it out there but it's i think it still has to be found yeah and is it good for us as consumers to to just have it be one one less barrier of entry <laughs> to get your music onto beatport you know what i mean because there i mean there's there's already a there's a ton quality control issue right yeah like so i i don't imagine this helps that hmm. would, but obviously not if there's if you're removing barriers but at the same time, just like with everything else, where you lower the barrier of entry, there are also great things that are discovered yeah. because those barriers are knocked down. So, I, you know, I kind of I could go either way on that. I yeah. think. No, I agree. It's it's uh, 
there's no good answer to that, but it could allow someone to be discovered that otherwise would not have. Are you familiar with uh, Bandcamp? Yes. So like you can basically sell your music there and it's like direct to artists and mm-hmm. they keep some, some cut, but, but not I, nearly as much as, you know, yeah, they keep a major you know, 90, 90% yeah, of it right. or something goes to the artist. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you can set up different, uh, price structures for your music and kind of sell it how you want. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, they've reported that their sales revenue ha- overall has continued to increase. And this is in spite of the fact that, uh, streaming services still can't seem to go profitable. Mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. So they say digital album sales in 2017 were up 16%, tracks by 33%, and merch 36%. Growth in physical sales was led by vinyl, which was up 54% in wow. 2017. Yeah, every year it's going up. Yep. CDs were up by 18%. Get this, cassettes were up 41%. <laughs> wow. What? Revenue. That's probably an easy number to to quantify because nobody's buying cassettes right, anymore right. so if someone buys two cassettes this year it could be 40 if you're selling increase. cassettes you're doing it on Bandcamp, right <laughs> <laughs> revenue from the 3500 independent labels on Bandcamp grew 73 per, uh, percent uh so yeah that they, they say that this this will mark six straight years as a profitable company that only makes money when artists make a lot more money Meanwhile, standalone music streaming companies continue to lose money in 2017, and industry-wide record sales continue to decline. So, kind of interesting that they've found a model that seems to be working in spite of, you know, the, the big business of streaming is and still struggling. And taking care of to, the artist more than yeah. the man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad it's that kind of approach that right. seems to be working in today's... Well, yeah, because I think yeah. with the Bandcamp model, you go straight to Bandcamp versus having an agent and all that other stuff. I mean, I'm sure some of these guys do have agents and things like that, but it again, removing barriers, you know, a group can record an, an, an album, you know, on their MacBook. I don't and, think yeah. agents and take and, any of the music, though. They just take the bookings for yeah. shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that? Okay. Yeah. But, you know, but still having that remo- removing barriers, them going straight to... Of the abil- uh, availability to sell their records, and then if they're getting yeah. that kind of a cut, I'm sure it's a lot more appetizing than trying to go up to, you know, A and M record or AMI and say, "Hey, I got a record." Right. All right. Those are the only uh, kind of industry news items I had. I do have a little bit of housekeeping to do. Um, we've actually, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, the listeners of Passionate DJ Podcast, we have a new Facebook group called the Passionate DJ Community. And we've been kind of trying to get everybody who's, you know, kind of a a hardcore listener of the show or just wants somewhere that they can kind of interact with other listeners of the podcast, maybe get some help, post questions, talk about the show, talk about each other, that kind of thing. It's been going really well. We created it, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. that, And uh, it's, it's been really cool because it's been a really tight engaged group of DJs very supportive yeah Yeah. everybody's telling stories and posting pictures of their setup and encouraging each other asking each other questions asking for help of activity yeah it's it's been great so I made it one of my favorite things is the fire away Friday yeah yeah we do (laughs) we do fire away Fridays so we we have a rule which is you can't you can't spam in the group Except for Fridays, <laughs> for yeah. Fire Away Fridays, where it's like, here you go, we can do whatever we want, post any link that you want, and we can yeah. all get it out of our systems. We can post our latest mix or our Instagram profile or mm-hmm. whatever we want to quote unquote spam mm-hmm. to the rest of the group, and we we kind of get it all in one place yeah. there. So it's been fun. Yeah, it's really been, cool. Been too. I kind of wait for Fridays just to see what everybody dumps out there. There's some cool mixes out there last week. There like are and Brian cool. K. James. He put one of his Buddha Beats episodes on there yep. for this week, so that was nice to listen to. Yeah, and we've been seeing cool pictures of people's booths Setups, and, yeah. and stuff, too. That, that I'm all over the Pac-Man. The Pac-Man yeah, that was, <laughs> setup was cool. <laughs> yeah, my man, he, he needs to do something about a riser because I'm a tall dude, and he looks way taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> so I made it really easy to get to the group. You can just go to passionatedj.com forward slash community, and it'll take you right there. And you must click, answer these three questions. Yes, answer these questions three, and then you can <laughs> be part of the group. And uh, My favorite one join is... Join in on uh, the fun. One of the questions is, what is your greatest struggle? And someone put my weight. <laughs> and then Trip immediately fired back. I think you need to go to Mo's other show. Yeah. He'll help you get, That's he'll help right. you lose the weight. Uh, and the only other thing I wanted to say is stick around till the end of the show today, because we do have a special announcement that we're going to cover after our main topic. 
But the main topic is house parties. <sighs> so what's so cool about house parties? What's, what's the big freaking deal? What's so cool about them? I think for me, one of the things is the mild sketch factor. <laughs> okay. You know, that adrenaline like, oh, I'm going to throw this party and I hope it doesn't get shut down. And there's like technically not rules. Yeah, exactly. In the same way that there is at the bar. Yeah, I'm not really <laughs> serving alcohol. I'm just offering alcohol. <laughs> right. In exchange for a $5 cup, you know, that sort of thing. Finding ways to... To get to screw it to stick it to the man. Which incidentally, is also how the strip clubs work around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, related or not, but same but different. I like the exclusivity factor of it, mm. and I, I don't mean um, I don't like to exclude people by any means. But if I'm having a house party, I want to know everybody that's coming to my house. Oh, absolutely. You, you know? just don't want random people wandering in. Right, right. Been down I mean, that road a few times. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and um, sometimes it happens because you have a close friend that wants to bring a friend, you know, to enjoy the time. And if you have enough trust in that friend, well, then cool, you know, bring right. them. But, but if something goes down, you're responsible. Right, yeah. right. For the most part, though, the exclusivity, <clears throat> knowing all the people that are in your house, that's... yeah. And I think probably it's important, too, to kind of explain what we're after when we, when we talk about a house party, right? Because this is going to have a different context for different people, right? Mm -hmm. So some people have in their heads the thought of these, like, big, like, frat party, mm -hmm. you know, beer pong and, and boobies out and, and whatever, and you're like... Full on three thousand people <laughs> jumping, swinging wild. from the chandelier, yeah. right? And and that's that's not that's necessarily trance music, though. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Firecat. <laughs> um, that's not necessarily what what we're talking about. Um, this this could be anything from that to you know ten people in a basement. Yeah, or know, or like in, in the instance here, like you just have some people over to the garage and you just you know have a jam session. Yeah, and these are going to have different. Um, consequences or connotations for the DJ mm -hmm. that's playing at the house party, right? Because if you're playing a frat party with 3,000 college kids, you're, mm -hmm. you're probably going to DJ that differently than your 25 techno buddies all dressed in black <laughs> that are coming over. Yeah, you know a, what I mean? Standard techno uniform. <laughs> right, right. So, black shirt and jeans. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's, a, there's a broad range that we could be covering here just, just like in, in venues and clubs and stuff. It, mm -hmm. it could mean a number of things, so... Um, I, I'm, I'm the small, intimate gathering yes. type personally. Um, not that I haven't had, you know, fun knockdown drag out parties in my day, you know, but especially as, as I get older and it's like, you kind of, you don't want the, the, even though the, the quote unquote sketch factor, like you said, Mo, yeah. like that part's fun and I know what you're talking about, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, I also want to know that the people that I bring into my my house or the people that I'm where I'm going into their domain that there's going to be certain boundaries. I'm going to be, I'm going to feel safe there. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to do a line of Coke as soon as you walk in. Right. For yeah. entry. Yeah. <laughs> Are you cool? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there, there has to be, I have to feel comfortable in that environment because yeah. it, Nobody wants to be oh, no, the agree. one unknown person yeah. at a sketch factor yeah, I've party. Been to house parties like that where, you know, someone told me that there was a party and they were gonna be there and I show up and my friend isn't there and yeah. I'm just around a bunch of strangers that I don't necessarily know in someone else's neighborhood and feels a little awkward and you know. Yeah. And I'm a pretty friendly dude, but there's just certain times when you just don't feel welcome right or welcome, yeah. You know? Yeah. And just you just gotta bounce, go with your gut. Well, I posted in that, that Facebook group that I was talking about, the Facebook community for Passionate DJ, and I asked what, you know, to, to the whole group, you know, what do you guys like about house parties? You know, what's the big deal for you? And the one that I posted was that you get to play what you actually want ah, as a DJ. Mm -hmm. So, of course, with a caveat, depends on what type of party you're playing, right? The type of parties I go to, I'm playing what I want, right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so I, I, I like that because even more so than when you're in the club, even if it's like a night that's, that caters well to your sound, like say you're playing a techno night and you're a techno DJ. Okay, perfect. But there's still always like, 
boundaries. If you're doing it right, you're going to make compromises here and there mm-hmm. as a DJ, right? You kind of don't really have to do that at the right house party. It's, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you have usually the kind of parties I'm at that are like this, it's a pile of other DJs, right? So we, we kind of want to see what you're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of the fun, mm-hmm. you know. But there's zero expectation. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So that relieves a lot of the stress of, yeah. you know. And I'm not going to have to take requests or any of that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, because that's something that Kilma said. Yeah, she said there's little stress involved. I get so nervous about promoters making enough money, establishment owners being happy with attendance and sales. It's just too much sometimes. House parties are low risk, and sometimes you get vibes there that you just don't get anywhere else. And, yeah, I, I totally get it because it's – and, Tony, I'm sure you get this more than anybody because you're always, like, running these larger-scale shows. There's just the stress factor of mm-hmm. trying to make sure that everything happens and it can't fail. The show must go on. Mm-hmm. And, and all that kind of stress, for the most part, goes away at a house party. I mean, there's still some of that for the host. You know, right, and it's – doing those big shows and all that stress it, it, a lot of times it doesn't allow you to enjoy the show so that house party not worrying about that stress and you yeah. can enjoy the vibes and the connections with all of the people it's yeah, yeah I yeah. dig it and that kind of goes back to, to my sketch factor where usually the only thing you have to worry about is the cops showing up or you know get a noise complaint mm-hmm. where with Tony with his 3DM shows like he's got to worry about the bottom line are enough asses coming through the door to cover yeah. all the expenses you know and, and and I've been with you at these shows and, you know, I can tell you're concerned, you know, because it, this is a, this is part of your profession. Mm-hmm. Whereas just a house party, it's just having some of the homies over and just, and just chilling and, and you can enjoy all of that. And I mean, the extracurricular activity that comes with the house party, you know, even when I was in my heyday and right, I, you right. know, and I used to party and have a really good time, I didn't like to do it out and about, you know, I like gotcha. to keep it in the comfort right. of my own home or a, a safe small house party. Yeah. And I mean, even today, you know, when we drink and we have a I was going to say, this is true even of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some people don't want to get blackout drunk at the bar. Right. Yeah. But yeah, the vibes, the the no stress, that's definitely huge. Kilma, for sure. Yeah. And I like that it's typically your, there's no stage. There's, you know, it's like a table. Mm -hmm. Everybody's standing at the same height. You're at eye level with everybody. You're which comes with its own problems too, <laughs> spilling beer and, and stuff, yeah. you know, but you know, it's just, everybody's kind of on a level and you just, you're, you're part of the party mm-hmm. more than you are. Instead of everybody facing you on a stage, yes. everybody's facing each other. Right. And just, right. you are a backdrop to help facilitate that good time. Speaking of extracurriculars, uh, Steve Auten said you could smoke bud while playing. That's what he likes about uh, house parties. Hey, hey, hey. I already <laughs> like this guy. <laughs> I brought that in with permission, by the way. <laughs> uh, Julio Gomez brought in a point. He said it was an, it's an opportunity to experiment, which I thought was a, a really good point. Um, he said it's more personal. You can play more of what you want, and you're able to experiment in a live setting. Even if you mess up, half the time no one will notice, or you might have just made an awesome mistake that had someone saying, that was dope. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. That's, that kind of points to the fact where everybody always asks why I do not scratch and my sets out, mm. you know, I do it at house parties because I'm not worried about messing up as I'm worried about messing up when I'm out and about. You right. Know? So right. yeah, that's, it's definitely a good point right there. I'll scratch at a house party. Yeah. And you can kind of like test out certain tracks or sounds mm-hmm. and kind of see, I mean, it's going to be a skewed audience. So you have to be careful with that. Like mm-hmm. if I'm, if I'm hanging out with 25 techno buddies and I drop a techno bomb and then they all go nuts that might not tell me that much. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so you, you have to weigh that against it, but still you can kind of drop new things in and just see the reaction up close, you know, and, and not worry about, Oh, did the crowd hear that? And the, the whole crowd didn't like it. Nah, it's just my buddies. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Kind of dive out of your, your norm yeah. and take a little bit of chances. I mean, when we had the house party at, at my house, um, well, it was about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And you remember, like, I played, what, about four hours? Yep. And I started throwing in Cascade, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just and because. I, I mean, I like Cascade. I like a lot of that style of music and everything. But it's not something that I play in my sets when I play out. It's normally, you know, a form of techno, tech house, or, or proggy. But And speaking of that, you know, talking about doing the, the long, like, four or five hour sets, like, mm-hmm. you you actually have the opportunity to do that. 
mm-hmm. at a house party. We've talked about that before, like playing shows. We don't really ever run into those opportunities too often to DJ for a long time mm-hmm. and really like build the journey that we really want to and be all artsy fartsy about it. You know, you got to cram it down into 45 minutes or an hour or two hours or whatever it is. Unless you're green velvet uh, <laughs> or T-Rex. <laughs> or t- yeah. You can get a two day T-Rex set in, man. <laughs> this is kind of related to uh, uh, one that Brandon brought in, B-Funk. Okay. Uh, in the group, he said that it lacks time constraints. He says they don't usually end before their time. Like the party dies naturally, unlike a club or a wedding or a show which has a preset closing time. Mm. So unless the, the cops show up or the booze runs out, you can keep, it, uh, keep the party going until the crowd's done. It's a challenge and a thrill. It could end at any time. Oh, Unless it's a nitrous that. party. <laughs> it's a, if it's a nitrous party, that's when the gas is gone and everybody leaves. <laughs> so, so you hear. <laughs> right. Allegedly. And I mean, uh, B-Funk's uh, second part of that comment was, uh, also, people are more likely to get naked at house parties. Yeah. <laughs> Unexpected casual nudity has always been a bonus to being a DJ for me. Uh, <laughs> so I thought was pretty amusing. Uh, but yeah, I, it it really does. It gives you the the opportunity to kind of let the party dictate where the party's going to go mm-hmm. and how long it's going to run and how long so and so should play, you know, and that kind of thing. Where it's you don't have to say, all right, your time slot is from seven thirty to eight fifteen, and then your buddy's going to play from you know. You just like yeah, jump on the decks when he's done. Yeah, throw you know, a few, whatever. Throw right. a few on. Let's tag whatever. But also, I think with that, it sometimes you learn the skill of like crisis management because if someone's supposed to go on and they're blackout drunk, and you're like, "Hey, David sets up. Where's he at? Oh, he's huddled in a corner puking on himself. Oh shit, Tony, you're up. I'm not supposed to go up for another two hours. Hey, bro, I'm sorry. David's out of commission. <laughs> not that I've ever had that happen before at a house party. Mo, you submitted one that said that you uh, your favorite thing was not having to play the clean versions of tracks. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love me the opportunity to play some dirty tracks because like most of my stuff is either corporate or weddings, uh, the sporting events. You know, I try and keep those PG-13 and family friendly. But yes, club cats take that for granted. We forget it's <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So when I actually do get a chance to play someplace that's not one of those areas, uh, it's kind of a it's it's kind of like some a sense of enjoyment because I feel like I'm getting away with something because I, right. I don't normally <laughs> play dirty tracks. And yeah, for those of you that don't live in that space, you know, it, it's, it's really constraining when you have to play clean tracks because oftentimes you can't find clean versions of the tracks you would like to play. Have you ever um, accidentally? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, one time at the beginning of one of my boys' football games, like I failed to label one of these tracks correctly. It was an Eminem track. I don't remember what it was. And, <laughs> you know, I'm just sitting there. I'm getting set up and I'm just playing the track. And I look down on the field and the ADs like waving her hands at me feverishly over her head. And she's like doing the cut sign across her <laughs> neck. And I'm like, what? And I'm listening in my headset. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So then automatically train wreck, you know, transition. And I was like, ooh. Luckily, it was uh, during warm ups and the kids enjoyed it, but uh, oh, I'm sure the, they did. the AD, not so much. <laughs> uh, our friend Beth, a.k.a. Lady Bandit. She said, I always love just how laid back everything is. If you wanted to get faded, you could because it's all fun. Those are the times when you can get a good practice in and see what kind of skills you actually have. So kind of talking about the experimentation, too. But um, for maybe for the less experienced DJs, it's a good opportunity to like play in front of people. Mm-hmm. Right. For the first time. Right. A lot of times that happens at a house party. It did for me. Yeah. I started same, same throwing here. parties yeah. so that I would have DJ gigs. That was the whole reason I did it. <laughs> For me, it was a situation where I was learning how to DJ, and then one of the DJs got drunk, and my buddy was like, Mo, you need to play. And I'm like, I I know what to do. I, I don't <laughs> DJ good right now. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, everybody was having a good time, and they knew I wasn't a, quote, DJ just yet. So they were very forgiving, and, you know, everybody had a good time. It was really kind of weird because, like, they were encouraging me because they knew I was fucking up. <laughs> but they didn't want me to feel bad, so they were just, you know, whenever I fix something like, you know, uh, like I think you were talking about Dave in a previous episode when someone gets a save, like I save yeah. something, they were like, "Oh, oh you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's messing up, he's messing up." Oh, yeah, oh there it got is, it, he got it, he got it. Any, anything else? Anything else we like about house parties? That was all the user sub- or the listener submissions I brought in, but it's just a nice laid back setting. It's low pressure. 
it's uh, less constrained great for vibes time great vibes and for me at the time i didn't realize it but this was my first opportunity at like event planning mm. you know that's a good point i didn't really yeah. looking back on it now like not knowing anything about what i was doing but i was making flyers i was talking to the right people who i knew would get people to get to come to the show you know this is in japan so there was like i think five military bases so i knew people at those bases that were key and I knew not to make, make sure I had more women than men, mm-hmm. you know, so like all these things I was thinking about subconsciously later came up to, you know, be useful with me trying to do things like throw CrossFit competitions or fundraisers and stuff like that. So it was really cool looking back on it. Like that's where my quote promotion life began. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet that probably some of the best promoters started out throwing house parties. pretty kick-ass house parties, yeah. right? Because... When you when you try to throw a house party at scale, mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially if it's like your house, mm-hmm. then you're you're really on top of everything because you don't want the cops there, you mm-hmm. don't want people to break your shit, you mm-hmm. don't want your remote stolen, you don't want the toilet clogged, <laughs> yeah. you know. So you you get a feel for that. Like I gotta be twelve Everywhere. places at yeah. the same time. Yeah. I, I also really like the connection factor because um, when you're out and about, you have tons of people to talk to interact with but at your house parties when it's just you and your your close 20 you can sit down have conversation with them hang out and really just let loose and yeah connect as a, as a friend you know as you can dance and nobody will judge you you can chill out <laughs> on the couch and nobody will judge you right. yeah. you can you're just there you're yeah. chilling yeah all right cool uh, we're gonna see if we can tell some house party stories here in a minute but uh, real quick one thing that uh, i want to cover is uh, one thing that we love more than a house party is a lovely DJ website. So you should check out Bandzoogle because they make it easy to build a stunning DJ website in minutes. You can choose from hundreds of mobile-friendly themes, and then you can customize your design and your content in just a few easy clicks. Now, Bandzoogle provides you with all kinds of cool built-in features. They give you tools to sell your merch and your music. They give you mailing list tools to grow your fan list and to be able to send newsletters to your fans. They integrate with Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, and all the other web services that you already use, and they give live support seven days a week. So we're excited to be teaming up with Banzoogle because they will give a 15% discount. on, And these are already on top of some already great prices. So definitely check them out. Just go to bandzoogle.com. It's B-A-N-D-Zoogle, Z-O-O-G-L-E.com. And use the coupon code PASSION. You can get 15% off of a great DJ website. Banzoogle is websites built for musicians by musicians. All right. Yeah, it's a really nice resource and the prices are reasonable, but the biggest challenge I have that it's so easy to use that I'm like overthinking all the images <laughs> in, in my in my uh, bio and all that stuff. I guess that's so a like, good problem to have. Yeah, so like everything's sitting in, in like a draft phase right now because like I'll think I'll be thinking about work is like, oh no, no, I want to use this picture. Oh no, let me change this sentence. So I mean, again, like you said, David, it's a good problem to have, but really and, well, super it's, useful. It's really, really good easy. at getting out of its own way yeah. so that you can, so that that's what you're worrying about, mm-hmm. not how do I get an image to come up at all. Exactly. Or, Cause, cause I don't like know that. any, I'm not a, I don't know anything about web design, yeah. but it's really easy and intuitive how you have the, um, the themes and all that stuff. And it, it's really super easy. Yeah. Well, I look forward to checking it out, man. I think, uh, a couple of good pictures is really all you need to just yeah. get started with something that's just really nice right off the bat. Yeah. So, um, all right. I want to get into some house party stories and the one that comes to mind for me personally is a uh, 2007 and it was called beats and beeps. <laughs> and Tony remembers this one. Yeah, a good time. Uh, Tony played at this one for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. <laughs> Literally yeah. a minute. <laughs> I think you got into your second track or something like that. Uh, but no, it's, it's kind of, it's one of those, everybody has these parties that feel like part of their story. Even whether it's a gig out somewhere or a club night or something, but this this is one of those nights that feels like kind of part of my life story because it really was one of the first times that I tried. I'd thrown parties, you know, for years, but not like this, not one that I was approaching like a promoter, mm-hmm. like we were talking about. Like I was like, I want to do this big. I want to like promote it for a month ahead of time on MySpace because that's what <laughs> we were promoting it on was MySpace in 2007. And, um, I was, I was just separated from my first wife. And so, and I mean, that was like fresh. Mm -hmm. And so she had moved out 
and it was a, a rental property <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm just looking around and I had this great room. It's like the living room. It had like a big cathedral ceiling. And then I had this staircase that kind of jutted out into that room. And I just looked at that room and saw rave Party. in my eyes, yeah. right? I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it. This already smells of rich <laughs> mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, this place is a rental and I don't have to answer to my wife anymore. I'm going to throw a party. So <laughs> I started planning this out a good month or two ahead of time. And the first thing I needed to figure out was DJ booth, right? We had a spot. We wanted to DJ on the landing because it kind of was like lording every over everyone. It looked kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, my friend AJ and I, we just got a big piece of MDF and we put it up there and we kind of traced out a sort of like a round design. It kind of looked like a carved out, like a countertop or something mm-hmm. like that. And then we figured out how to fit it on top of the landing. It was kind of like an, uh, the landing was like an L shape, you know, okay. right at a right angle. So we kind of built this like wrap around DJ booth. And it was really cool just for this one party. I uh, went and bought a fog machine, a uh, some cheap laser from China, you know, it's actually, it's hanging right there it, it probably in the did, back of the room. Probably did cause some damage to people's eyes. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it was kind of a weak one, but when you got the fog machine really going, it looked really cool. Yeah. So that was where the fog came in. And, you know, I hung up a bunch of Christmas lights in the kitchen and I, you know, set up lava lamps and whatever I could find something glowing. I just set it up everywhere. And then I bought bunch of glow sticks and put them out and I, you know i went real big and but what i learned a lot from that party was kind of how to promote how to promote a party mm-hmm. because at least at the time like i said it was on myspace for the most part i was just kind of getting my feet wet in the dj space both generally and on a local like getting to know the locals you know like i was Tony and I were acquainted. I wouldn't say we were hanging out back then. We just kind of knew who each other was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt Freeman, who's going to be on the show next week, he also played there. So I started like trying to come up with all these clever ways to to try to promote the show. So I would make these like half-assed, like hack together Photoshop and and MS Paint images. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys remember much about MySpace, but you used to be able to post what was called a bulletin. Mm Mm-hmm. Off to the side. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was kind of like now what you have stories. It mm-hmm. was kind of like that in text. It was just kind of a scrolling, like a constant, like here's what's happening in my day right now, or here's something I want to share. It was kind like of before the news feed. Sort of type deal. Yeah. yeah it's it's somewhere between that. that and the news feed. And so I started posting all these things as bulletins that were these silly images about rave parties. And so like one was, um, I took the end screen from... Super Mario Brothers and the the princess is like uh, saying something to Mario. Oh no, it's uh, Bowser's like. Our sorry, our princess isn't here. She's at David's rave party, <laughs> you know. And I just made a whole bunch of those kind of yeah. stupid, silly images and started sharing them, and ended up being I don't know, had to be 150 people in there at oh, least, yeah. probably throughout the whole night, more like 200 and more on the way, but uh, ended up getting shut down, I don't know, 1230 or, or something. A minute into my set. <laughs> oh, that's that's how you got cut off? Yeah, yeah by a flashlight. By the cop. In, in the face? <laughs> yeah, the cop was downstairs, and I was on the landing, mm-hmm. and I was playing, and I didn't know it was a cop because it was dark, lasers everywhere, and a flashlight shining at my face saying, turn the music off. And I just kind of like <laughs> chuckled like, uh, who are you? Yeah. you know? right. And I kept playing, but come to find out it was a cop telling yeah. me to shut yeah. the music off like, oops. Yeah, you're standing like under a laser and had strobe lights flashing at you. And then here comes the the flashlight in the face. Yeah, yeah, it was um, for noise, obviously. And Matt Freeman, like I said, he's going to be on the show next week. But he brought these floor standing house speakers that he's had for years. And each one has a pair of 12s in it. Mm -hmm. He brought that and added it to the setup I had already been (laughs) using for the night. Yeah. Which was, it, I mean, it was totally hacky too. It wasn't, I didn't have nice, like these QSCs that yeah. you have C mounted to the wall. I had like these old ass janky, like house hand me down floor standing house speakers yeah. that had a hole in it and all kinds of stuff. Well, he had nicer versions of that mm-hmm. and brought them and we hooked them up to my amp and, and that place was just. Yeah, he has those old Sirwin Vegas, I believe they I are. think they were, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, they were at Clash. He still has them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was that place was just thumping, and the the police finally showed up, and they said, "Look, we're we're trying to be cool, but the neighbor like three streets over that way is bitching about <laughs> is the, the one that called. Yeah, you guys need to turn that down." I was like, "Ah, shit." Yeah. So yeah, that's the only thing about it is it, it got cut off, but. Uh, we all ended up kind of moving into the garage after that and people st- people started turning on beats and freestyle rapping and stuff so we had we figured out how to have fun anyway but um it taught me that and then it was uh that was the night before my birthday and so that next day like i said i was freshly separated from my wife and so it it happened to be almost exactly the same time that i met my current wife now was she wasn't at the party but i invited her to it and then she couldn't make it, but then as the party ended, we ended up getting together and hanging out. So it was like at five in the morning, and that was like <laughs> kind of like our, not our first date, but our first like hanging out outside of the club or wherever, yeah, you know, out somewhere. That's party connection I was yeah, talking exactly. about. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, it's one of those stories yeah. that's just overall important to me. It kind of, because people still talk about that party now, even <laughs> though it got shut down. Yeah. I, I really did kind of go all out for not having a budget for it. You yeah. Know? So yeah, it, it sounds like fun. it. In my mind, when you were rattling off all the extras you had, I was like, damn, you, that's a lot of money, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was ready to have a party at that yeah. point in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, been there. You guys have any cool house party stories? I have a few, um, but I'll try and wrap them all kind of into one. Um, back when... I was throwing house parties. Uh, my roommate worked at a club in Centerville. And one of my good friends worked at a club in Troy. And when those clubs closed, all the people that worked at the clubs came over to the house. We would shut the doors probably about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning and start, you know, the house party. The after party, yeah. And they were just some of the most memorable times and memorable sets that I have ever played, you know. Um, Back then, in the in the you know, the mid to late '90s, when it was it was mostly Drew and I, because everybody else that hung out with us at the time were not DJs. Drew and I were the only DJs, so him and I with stacks of trance music for five and six hours, seven. You know, I mean, just playing. I have not played a comparable set to any of the few house parties that I did play back then, mm. and and memorable. Um, I'm going to take it back to the house party that we had at my house when I was playing that set. And I was just in a long, long set. And these mixes were just so amazing. You know what I mean? That it was just, I would sit back against the wall like, holy shit, you know? And it's, it's that time when it's that memorable to me, you know, it's most memorable to me. Sorry. Um, but those house parties, those vibes, those connections with those people will never top a 5,000 person rave. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I've played good sets at a lot of those, but sure. And I'm sure that's a different energy that you feel way different, way different, you know? Um, and yeah, it's just, I will never forget those intimate parties. They were just, you know, you come in at two o'clock in the morning, we shut the door Everybody goes to the basement, which um, our basement at the time was half linoleum, half carpet. The carpet had the furniture on it, so you could dance on, on the linoleum. We had a bar, you know, 1200, two 1200s with an awesome system down there. I mean, great lights and 30 people all on the same page and not even, you know, maybe four or five of them dancing at a time. Yeah. And the other 15 or 20 all sitting around on the couches, hanging out, talking, you know, smoking, doing whatever it is. And just four and five people dancing is all you need in the basement. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's such a even if one's in front of you at that time, just like really entranced with what it is, you know, that you're doing. And you guys are both vibing together. It's it's yeah. But um, yeah, some of the house parties that I've thrown, nothing will ever top in, in, in my opinion. A big show will not top those intimate house parties. No yeah. way. No way. Well, you ever play any house parties? Yeah, a couple back yeah. uh, my younger days in the Air Force. Good experience, bad experience? All good. Yeah. I mean, until they got shut down, which is usually <laughs> how they wound up. Recurring theme. <laughs> Recurring theme. So when you're over there, and if you're under a certain rank and you're not married or don't have kids, like you live in the dorms. So you have anywhere from someone who's like 19, brand new in the Air Force, to someone who's like 27, just not married. So it's a odd like melding of people. 
Mm. Well, the base I was at, where it was one place you could really go to like listen to dance music and there was a bar. Like the way the club was set up, like one night was like alternative slash new wave and all that stuff. Cause this is like the mid nineties, you know, techno is just kind of starting to make you know, a, a run like on the radio and things like that. Yeah. This is like around the prodigy time frame. Right, right. Uh, Daft Punk, all that stuff's coming out. And the other side was hip hop. Well, it was the same DJs that were playing every weekend and they would play the same shit, you know, but again, you know, internet's brand new. We don't have, we can't download MP3s at the drop of a hat. And I've talked before about being a part of record pools and calling my friends and they're sending me records with three songs on them and I'm paying like 20 bucks plus shipping, <laughs> you know, to get them over to Japan. So my friends and I that were training me how to become a DJ, we just got the idea, hey, let's throw a house party because um, we, we want to make sure, and our whole goal was to empty out the base club of the people that would normally go there. So then, you know, in the military, you're, all, you're always taught about strategy and setting up what your end goal is. So that was our end goal, is to, is to make sure that no one was at the club. So, okay, what can we do? All right, so we lived in these dorms, and these dorms that have these massive day rooms, which is just basically like common areas. They'd have TVs and like foosball tables and pool tables and stuff like that. So like, okay, well, whose dorm has the biggest day room? So we're all planning these things out. So mind you, let me back up a little bit. In the dorms, like depending on what your job is, everybody lives together. So all the medics live together, all the mechanics live together, all the cops live together okay. and stuff like that. So because, you know, I was playing a lot of volleyball back then and I would go to the club all the time because I was a bartender. So I knew everybody from all these different groups. So we kind of like got the heads of these families together <laughs> and we're trying to figure out, okay, who's got the biggest day room? Who's got the coolest dorm chief? You know, who's going to be down to let <laughs> right. us do something like this? Because we know we're not supposed to, but we're not asking. So <laughs> if we don't ask, they can't tell us no. And then that was right. our thought process. So we figured out the one dorm that had the biggest uh, day room and there was like a courtyard area that was exterior to it. So we're like, oh, this is perfect. So everybody, okay, well, who's got speakers? You know, so then this is back in the days before the, the, uh, speakers with amps in them so we had powered. Amped, yeah power mm -hmm. yeah powered speakers so we got all these amps and cabinets and racks and stuff like that and the dj equipment was no issue so we everybody sort of pulled their stuff together and so then okay well how are we going to get people to show up because they're not going to show up if we don't have alcohol like we're not going to give we're not going to be able to sell alcohol because right we don't have a, a license so then my one buddy comes up with the idea is like well what if we have a five dollar donation for a cup Mm -hmm. And then you can have whatever, however much beer or alcohol you want. And depending on what color your cup was, determine whether you got beer or alcohol. Oh, nice. I was going to say, I've done that before, but I've never separated them yeah. like that. That's a good so idea. Then, <laughs> no, no, no. And, then, and then the kicker was, if you had this third color cup, you could get both, but you paid like, you know, more money. Yeah. So instead of paying, you know, because you know, it was $5 for this cup, for the beer cup, $5 for the liquor cup. But if you paid like $7, then you could get either offering of alcohol. And then we did jello shots and all this other stuff too. You know, and everything was, quote, donations. Right. So we go and we buy a couple kegs. Um, me being the bartender, I, you know, I just made some pre-batch stuff like jungle juice and all that stuff in a trash can. And obviously you always have the guys that washed out of college and they were former frat boys, so they knew how to you know, mix alcohol and throw parties and stuff like that. So we get all the lights and everything together and party's going great. And then you know, people are coming in and again, like making sure the ratio is right, because there was one Air Force base, um, an Army base and like four Marine bases. So the Marines always like the Air Force girls because there's no there's no females in the Marine. Hardly. I mm. think it's like I think the, in the military, it's like 17 percent female. OK. But in the Marines, it's like single digit percentage. <laughs> so what do they want to see? They want to see all the cute Air Force girls. So I make sure I go to the hospital and get all the you know girls that normally go to the club to make sure they come. Hey, if you come in here, here's a wristband you get in for free. <laughs> you know, so using that hustle, that Vegas hustle, that Vegas hustle. <laughs> so, you know, all the girls are there. So all the army guys are there. The Marine guys are there and I'm cool with all of them. And, you know, I, I make sure I identify the handful of guys that I know are kind of like the informal leaders. Like, Hey, you know, I'm glad you're here, but just, you know, let's, let's just have a good time. You know, this isn't about, you know, you know, family rivalries. We're all just here to, to kick it and dance and, yeah. and have a great time. And, you know, and I, by getting those guys on my side, they were like, hey, Mo, I got you. I'll make sure nothing stupid happens. Nothing stupid happens. Until I just, you know, and I'm DJing my set in my emergency set, and I have to go to the bathroom. And so, like I mentioned, there was a courtyard. So I went out behind the courtyard to go take a piss. And as I'm pissing, I hear the music stop. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I come through the door. I'm like, who the fuck turned off the music? And guess what's there? A flashlight. 
<laughs> it keeps who's happening. The, who's on the other end of the flashlight? A cop. <laughs> so then the cop's like, hey, who authorized you to have this party? And you're like, no one's really answering. We're all sort of looking at each other because all the guys that like organize this or we just happen to kind of be standing together at this point. And they just, and the cops look at each other and like, look, it's the same type of deal where the, where the dorms were, it was far enough away from the housing area where the people that were married couples and all that stuff and the families and the older people lived. We thought we were cool, but no, like we're getting noise complaints from like five blocks away, blah, blah. It's like, you guys want to have a permit. You didn't authorize this with your, with your first sergeant. You guys got to shut this shit down. We're like, okay, cool. And then, you know, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Cause it's not like a, uh, in a civilian setting where you, I can tell you, I can tell the cop to fuck off. Well, if I tell the cop to fuck off, I'm going to have to be in my commander's office at like five o'clock in right. the morning on Monday. So, you know, I have to kind of leverage that. So we shut it down, you know, and the cops were like, Hey man, you know, we didn't want to shut it down, but people were bitching, blah, blah. And the same type of deal, Dave, like with your party. So that was like my first foray into a quote. It was, it was a dorm party, but Nice. Falls into the same vein as yeah, a house party. Yeah, and again, qualifies. where I learned to become a promoter, I learned to uh, work the room and talk to the people that were there, you know, just be diplomatic and make sure finding those key people, those key players within those circles to make sure that everything was going to stay cool. And I think uh, during the course of my time there, I probably did it like three or four times. Oh, and by the way, yeah, the club was completely empty that night, the base club, and that was our goal. So Nice. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I brought in a couple of uh, tips for DJing at house parties, and kind of where I wanted to start was kind of where we started the episode a little bit, which was knowing your audience. You know, that still applies at a house party, um, especially if you consider the difference between, like, the the party that you're talking about versus the the 20 techno and house buddies in a room versus the knockdown, drag-out, frat party. You know, these are all going to be different crowds and so like are you playing are you playing your scenes music to your scenes people or are you just playing somebody's house party mm -hmm. right yeah because <laughs> you there's you might there's, not have as much fun if you are prepared to play only your favorite techno yeah. music you know at somebody's yeah there is still a difference because i've actually yeah. been to house parties like that where the guys that were quote djing they were playing like their um they were just like electronica but they were playing all their own tracks and nobody knew what they were playing yeah. and nobody there was really into it. You know, and I just remember this girl saying, can you guys play something with words in it? Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and you'll get probably even more of that than you would have at the club because people are a lot more comfortable there. Yeah, and exactly. Like, ah, this yeah. isn't working. Yeah. It's, you're not hired talent. Then you're just one of the partiers. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody have any tips for house parties? Be prepared for something to break true yeah whether it's a human or a lamp or something something's gonna happen and just especially if that. you're throwing the party yeah. is that what you're saying yeah, yeah. respect re respect people's property if you're at someone yeah. else's house if you're a party goer yeah. absolutely um yeah yeah don't don't get a big head about how much control you have over that party at somebody else's house just because you're standing behind the booth right yeah <laughs> they, they tell you to turn it down do it right you know that kind of stuff um not hogging the decks. Oh yes, that's that's huge. That's easy to do at a house party. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't have a promoter breathing down your neck saying, "Hey, it's twelve oh five. Get off the deck." <laughs> right. Yeah, just Whoops. be uh, just be courteous of of the DJs that are around you. Um, you know, if if it's a if it's a scheduled time, it's a scheduled time. It doesn't have to be a hard cut or anything like that. If you want to throw a couple extra, we're all pretty lenient and you know in it for the same reason, but. You know, at the same time, don't sit there and play 30 minutes and... And don't just assume it's okay to, to like, start tagging with someone mm -hmm. without asking. Right. Uh, yeah, I unless you that. Unless you do that anyway. Come like yeah. that's start tricking the mixer. Right? <laughs> Somebody's in the middle of the mix. Right. <laughs> yeah, every, that's one thing about having, like, the laid back, everyone's more comfortable. It's like, well, there's, there's some bad that comes along with that, too, mm -hmm. right? You know, drunk people coming over and what's this knob do and can yeah. I can I hook up my phone and you know, you're going to have a lot more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Keep it, drinks away from, from the equipment. Yeah. And it, if nothing else kind of keep the table away, you know, put some sort of barrier in front of it because like I think David in one of your early episodes, when you said the first time you took your S four out for, for a ride, somebody spilled a glass of red wine, wine. Yep. Yeah, into your, into your mixer and you barely even, still had the plastic on it probably yeah i um we threw a warehouse party over 
which I, I mean, I'm not going to call it a warehouse party. I'm going to call it more of a, it, it was a house party, but in a warehouse, you know, it wasn't huge or anything. It was uh, for a girl's birthday. She rented my mixer and I specifically said no drinks near my equipment, please. And it came back with a vodka cranberry spilled all on top of the mixer. Mm. I mean, she, she replaced it. You know what I mean? I kind of that's good. Um, got a little angry about it, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, just make sure you keep the drinks away from the equipment. Yeah, and if you're going to loan your equipment to an event like that, be very... Well, we were in charge of the actual partic- warehouse, too. Well, well, I'm saying, like, if someone's having a house party, hey, Mo, can yeah. I borrow your speakers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, we need to have a talk because, <laughs> you know... We're friends, but this is part of my business. Yeah, keep it somewhat regulated. Yeah. Um, Friday night, I was at the Silent Disco, and Dylan, Sexbox, mm-hmm. you know the new, it's about a foot riser there up front in the, yeah. mm-hmm. in the corner. That's where he sets his booth yeah. up. Yep. And it was probably 15 minutes before closing time. You just heard this big, doosh, his laptop, his whole, the whole table. Oh, no. Fell over oh. his laptop, fell probably six feet to the floor. Oh. Still worked and everything, but... Ouch. Yeah. He always someone go up there and yank on it? or um, I, I, I don't know if somebody yanked on it or... The table, when I was up there just talking to him, you could see the table was real wobbly. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, it could have been him accidentally bumping it. It could have been a, you know, like you said, put that barrier in between you and your equipment and the people. That probably wasn't too fun for him too, because he's uh, he's a big tractor nerd and he yeah. uses a bunch of uh, modulars. So yeah. he's, mm-hmm. he's got like MIDI fighters and stuff. They're probably just like a spaghetti of chords, chords and stuff. And They're probably yeah. all just yeah. And a lot of house parties are like that. Yeah, you know. Yep. Piecemeal. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, reading the crowd, you know, don't take off your crowd reading. Yeah. Don't don't glasses, turn. Yeah. Don't turn it off just because you're. Cozy. Just because your boy's house, yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's probably a good chance to build on it. And work on that skill. Yeah. <laughs> don't get too mangled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and mangled meaning don't get too faded, don't get too fucked up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you can, you know, to each his own, but if you're... Just might want to wait till your set's over. Yeah, yeah. right. Or almost over anyway. Right. <laughs> um, one thing is if you're, if you're not... Well, I guess even if you're throwing the party, but if you're if you're kind of in unfamiliar territory, like if you're if you do end up at like a friend of a friend of a friend's house party or, or something like that, don't let your guard down. Yeah, um, we just especially a, for your gear and stuff like that. Like it's really easy to get comfy and cozy and have a couple beers and forget about your ba- laptop bag behind your couch. And next thing you know, it's parties, gone. Yeah, a lot of the after parties yeah. are at house at houses, so they do turn into house yep. parties. Yeah, we had someone write in about the bad gigs episode where they said they were at somebody's house. It, it sounds like they didn't know the person and mm-hmm. like they stole the person's tip jar and they were just being treated very poorly and it sounded horrible. But you know, again, be cautious of yeah. where you're going. You know, if you're like for me, I'm taking anywhere, you know, 15 to $20,000 worth of equipment to some stranger's house. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm going to think long and hard about that, especially yeah. if I don't know anybody there. Uh, another fun thing that you can do at house parties to make it a little more interesting is like set it up to do a live stream, mm-hmm. which we've done before. Yes, we have. You can kind of do throw your own little mini boiler room party, you know. But one thing to keep in mind with that is to to be very considerate about that. Um, first of all, is this your house? Do you have permission to just start streaming inside this person's house mm-hmm. when they've got their guard down mm-hmm. and stuff, you know? Um, some people don't like to be filmed in that setting. Mm-hmm. Some reasons might be obvious for that, depending on what kind of party it is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but people have got families and they, you know, they don't want to have their videos of them partying or, or whatever, dancing or anything out there. So make sure that you make it known that you're doing this. And, you know, when I do this here, I uh, sometimes I'll put a, a sign up or something like, Hey, cameras on or, or mm-hmm. something just so people know hmm. it's a good idea you know if you want to get a crowd shot and you don't want to be in it you know stand in that side of the room or, <laughs> right. or whatever you know or if you're taking a video let the people know that are in front of you posing that it's a video and not a picture <laughs> that's right <laughs> that was one that our shout out to sonic styles uh, tim hayes in the facebook group it was one story he brought in that was in in the room we're recording in today actually and he was djing and uh <laughs> it was uh, a buddy's birthday party. Yeah. We're all dancing. And I think I've told this on the show before, but we're all dancing, have a good time. And he's, 
he mixed into like PM Dawn or something and everybody was just scooting around and having a good time. And then I stood up here on a step stool and got my phone out to like start recording and everybody looked at it and, and they, you know, were a couple shots in and having yeah. a good time. And so they all, oh, 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 and turn around and grab each other and they lock their shoulders stances. and they get yeah. in their stance. And then they, they suddenly have this whole crowd of people staring at me. <laughs> pointing the phone at him and, and I'm, I'm recording pa- a video of there's him. this awkward pause <laughs> it's like a five or ten seconds yeah. where they just stand there smiling and i'm like it's a video and they're like oh and then they all yeah. just start dancing and going crazy and it turns into this dance party and the funniest so- part of that is you can hear david say that on the video clip it's a video guys it's a video <laughs> yeah that's on youtube so maybe i'll drop that clip in the show notes too uh the only other tip that i had was uh kind of going along with the the courtesy thing just mind the neighbors mm-hmm. you know whether it's your house or somebody yeah. else's like shut the hell up when you're taking your stuff out to your car you know if the owner of the house tells you to turn it down do it you know like let's be reasonable if you want to be able to do this again yeah you know i mean <laughs> let's face it don't get loud in the middle of the street at six thirty or 7 in the morning right you know like yeah Mind your parking spots. Like, don't yeah. block the neighbors in who have to get up early to, to teach Sunday school or something. And you're blocking them in. Yeah, you know? and, and like whether you're the one throwing the party or a party goer, like Tony said earlier, be mindful of that. And don't think about tonight. Think about the opportunity to have this another night. Because if it gets shut down once, you know, as soon as that music goes just slightly higher above the fence line, people are going to start calling the cops already and, they're, and they'll be gunning for you. So, you know, just mindfulness, you know, think about the longevity of these house parties, you know, think about continuing to do these, you know, for a year down the road versus just tonight. Think about your drive home too. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get too tore up that you cannot drive. Good point. With Uber, if you got it. Yeah, with all the resources out there, Uber and Lyft, you know, or maybe, I don't know, a sober friend. Or stay the night at the house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, yeah. if you're throwing the party, be prepared to have some couches oh, occupied. Yeah. Absolutely. And some scrambled thank eggs and bacon for, in the morning. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely important. And you should probably make sure that your roommate and or significant other is okay with the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, mom or yeah. however old you are. <laughs> that, I mean, Landlord. I think, that should, uh, I think that should go unspoken. Uh, but right, right. probably a good question to ask. Okay, I think that pretty much wraps up the house party stuff. But before we sign off, I do want you to... You have some special news for I, us, David. I do. I want to go ahead and make a special announcement here. So we've been getting a lot of feedback from, you know, people who are really close to the show, people who are our most intense followers, and they catch every show, and they never miss it, and they subscribe to us on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And they, they kind of want to know... Some of them even asked us, how can we support you better? How can mm-hmm. we make sure the show keeps happening and that kind of stuff. And so we've been listening (laughs) to those people. And and we are very grateful for you guys wanting to reach out to us. Yeah. I mean, it just, it touches my heart that people even ask that, that question. And so what we've decided to do is go ahead and create a Patreon page. And those of you who listen to podcasts and, and follow YouTubers and stuff might already be familiar with how Patreon works, but it's basically a system where you can, pledge a certain amount of money, whether it's a dollar or any amount, you just put in whatever amount you want to quote unquote subscribe for. And then that money will be kind of donated to the passionate DJ podcast. And then what happens is for those people who subscribe to be a patron on Patreon, that's how that works. Patron on Patreon. (laughs) I see what they did there. Yeah. Um, for those who are a patron, they will get bonuses at, so that we can say thank you for supporting us. Mm-hmm. And so where we are starting with this, and this is kind of what the big announcement is, is that we are finally getting our shit together <laughs> and <laughs> we are putting together a bonus episode of the Passionate DJ podcast every month. So for people who sign up at a, uh, at a certain tier, there's like a, there's a $1 tier and then there's, there'll be other ones that will eventually roll out over time as we... If we get more support, we'll mm-hmm. be able to create more content. And so we'll do more rewards and that sort of thing. But uh, for now, we just have the, the bonus episode. for. So for those of you who keep asking, you know, I, hey, I, I wish the, the shows were longer. I wish there were two a week or mm-hmm. I wish there was another one that I could listen to. Yeah, this Now's your, your opportunity to get, you know, another full hour or more of the Passionate DJ podcast every month. So 
please, please check that out. We're going to start doing this in uh, this month. So sign up for uh, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ and sign up to be a patron. We would be sincerely grateful. And we're really looking forward to putting together these bonus episodes where basically what we're going to do is take, we're going to record a little bit of extra content when we get together and we're going to deliver that special behind the scenes stuff just to our patrons to thank them for being a supporter of the show. So they're going to be kind of, um, varied in their content. So there'll be a little bit of something for everybody. So Mm -hmm. it's not, it won't be, you're paying for just like a topic that you don't care about. You know, we're going to bring in kind of a a potpourri of topics every month to compile into these bonus episodes. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm disappointed that Trip isn't here to talk about it because he and I have been talking a lot about how we want to approach that and stuff, but it's it's going to be fun, so I'm yeah, really absolutely. looking forward to it. So definitely check that out, and uh, hey, this has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Join the Facebook community at facebook.com or at passionatedj.com forward slash community, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Later. See ya.